Good morning, everyone. My name is Krista Reyna. I'm a pastor here at Journey of Faith. I oversee our life groups team, as well as pastoral care and volunteer development. And I'm really grateful and thankful and humbled to be here with you guys this morning. Um, Today, I want to say a very special welcome to anyone who's joining us for the first time, either online or in person. We're happy that you're here. And this is the point in our service every Sunday where we celebrate the fact that we're connecting live with our Torrance campus. We celebrate this because over there at Torrance, there is an amazing community of people, just like we have an amazing community here at Manhattan Beach. And we are one church in two locations, and we thank God for that. So hello to Torrance. Today, we are continuing our series called Backstory 3. And this is, uh, officially, we have reached trilogy status with this series because this is the third summer where we've been looking at some stories from the Old Testament as a way to better understand who God is and God's character. These stories, in fact, would have been stories that Jesus himself would have been familiar with. They would have shaped his relationship with God and they shaped his teaching. And so that's why it's also important for us to listen to these stories and understand how God is working in our lives. So today, we're going to look at a book of the Bible, Old Testament, called Ruth. And Ruth is a relatively short book. It's four chapters. You can actually read it in about 15 minutes. And the story of Ruth teaches us about this important concept of faithfulness. And what we're going to learn today about faithfulness is going to teach us why is it so important and what actually is faithfulness. Well, this book of Ruth, it was originally written in the Hebrew language, and the author throughout the book and other authors in the Bible, they use this word hesed to describe God's actions towards people. In our English language, we don't have like a word-for-word translation for it. Translators have done a pretty good job of translating it into faithfulness, but hesed means things like loyalty and devotion, loving kindness, and faithfulness. And so what we'll see today is how these things can affect us in our lives. We're going to learn how God shows his faithfulness towards people and how people show faithfulness towards one another. Now, to get us all thinking about this idea of faithfulness, I'm going to share a little story with you of something that's happening in the real, real time in the life of my family. And I need to tell you a little bit first about my husband, David. So David, he does what I consider to be dangerous things when it comes to making home repairs and doing handyman work around the house. Um, He, on the other hand, he sees these things as being very resourceful and brave and and out-of-the-box things. David is is also the kind of guy that he um, ignores warning labels on products. So for example, like if there was a ladder and on the top of the ladder it said something like, do not stand on the top step of this ladder, I'm I'm pretty sure he stood on the top step of a ladder. Equally as much um, like a folding chair, for example. If there's a folding chair and it says, don't use this folding chair as a stool, he's He has absolutely used the folding chair as a stool. I think we've probably all done something like that. My encouragement to you today is don't do that. 
but anyway, about a month ago, I get a call from my husband. He was out helping a friend install a camera, a security camera in her house. And I answered the phone, and his voice was relatively calm, but I faintly heard in the background ambulance sirens. And he said to me, I, I crashed into a stucco wall. I fell into a stucco wall. I can't bend my leg and my kneecap, it doesn't feel like where it belongs. And I was like, oh, he's finally done it. Like, I have a weak stomach for this sort of thing, you guys. This was hard. But he, he couldn't bend his leg. And the lady that he was working for called the ambulance. The ambulance took him to the emergency room. I met up with him there. And when we got there, we realized that he had actually broken something called his patellar tendon. Now, this tendon is what holds your kneecap in place. And so without it, your kneecap is basically like floating around there. You can't, you can't bend your leg or do anything. I mean, this is, a, this is a pretty serious injury. But what we realized that day through this time that we spent together in the emergency room is that God was faithful to us throughout this entire situation. We realize God taking care of David through the nurses and the doctors that were there that day. We had family and friends just reaching out to us, say, hey, can we help you with anything? Or how can we pray for you? And one of the greatest things that we noticed that day was that we got to spend nine hours together in the hospital. Now, that doesn't seem maybe like abnormal to some of you, but the thing is, David and I, we don't get to spend a ton of time together because I work a more traditional work schedule, and he's a truck driver. He works nights. So to spend nine hours together, it was like we had a date in the emergency room. I mean, he was on painkillers, and so he was fine. I was fine. The only thing that would have made it better is if we had like some of those soup dumplings from DTF at the mall, at the Dalama Mall, or like those crunchy Asian cucumbers. It would have been so so good. But as rough as that day was and the circumstances were of that day, we did see these beautiful glimmers of God's faithfulness in our lives. And we realized that we could trust in the faithfulness of God in a pretty crummy experience. And that leads us to our main idea today, which is we can trust in the faithfulness of God. So today we're going to explore this idea through the life of Ruth. And my hope and prayer is that you listen, as you listen to her story, you will begin to see those emergency room moments, those glimmers of of God's love in your life in all kinds of circumstances. So let me read to you from the beginning of the story. It says, in the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, he left his home and he went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech and his wife was Naomi. So it starts out and it says, in the days when the judges ruled in Israel. Judges is a period of time in Israel's history, which you can actually read in the Old Testament in a book called Judges. And it is literally one of the darkest times in Israel's history. It lasted for about 450 years. And this story of Ruth and the story of God's faithfulness, it happens in the midst of this horrible time when the judges ruled Israel. So here we have this family. They're desperate. They have no food. And they're forced to pick up from their home and move 
to a place called Moab. Now, Moab is not like a dream destination for this family. In fact, Israel and Moab, they had a very tenuous relationship. They were enemies with one another. The Moabites, they worshiped a false god named Kamosh, and they believed that in order to appease this false god, they had to offer children as sacrifices at an altar. Like, this was a terrible move. Imagine the desperation that this family must have felt as they were leaving their home. And the first thing that we learn once they arrive in Moab is sadly, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, he dies. And so here's Naomi, she's in this foreign land, she's got two children that she now has to raise on her own, and it was really rough. Eventually, you know, the sons, they go on and they marry Moabite women. And so maybe here we see kind of that glimmer of hope for Naomi. She she might be a grandmother someday and her boys have the opportunity to find some joy in their life. But then tragedy strikes again. We learn that Naomi's two sons, they also die. And so here is Naomi just at the, at the pit of her despair. She tells people at one point, hey, don't call me Naomi anymore because that means pleasant and gentle. Call me Mara because that's bitter and empty. That is how I feel. I am empty. Of course, she has reached just a place of complete bitterness in her life, and I can't fathom what she must have went through when she surveyed the reality of her life. You know, there are times in our life when we feel that place of despair. Maybe it is through the loss of a loved one. Maybe you're going through some difficult challenges in your life, or you're a single parent, and that is exhausting. Maybe someone in your life hurt you, Or maybe you have hurt someone else and the ramifications of that are real. In those moments, though, God does not forsake us. If you're there today, you're not alone. There are people in this room, there are people watching online who are there as well. I'm there someday too with my husband and and, and his leg recovery. Like we had a really good emergency room date. That was a lot of fun. But the reality is that eventually reality set in. And we realized he was going to need surgery and months of physical rehabilitation and time off work. We don't know the outcome of the story fully yet, but we do know God is faithful. God did not abandon Naomi in her time of need, and God doesn't abandon us in our time of need either. So let's jump back into the story now and see how God's faithfulness continues to be revealed Um, It's at this point in the story that Naomi hears back in her homeland uh, that the crops have returned, rain has come down, and it's harvest season. And so in order to find some new hope, she's here alone in Moab with her two daughters-in-law. She's like, "I'm, I'm going home. Like, what does she have to lose at this point, right? So she starts out on this journey, traveling home to her homeland with her two daughters-in-law. And as they're traveling on, uh, along the road, Naomi stops and she looks at the women and she says, you know what? Go, go back home to your mom. I appreciate how loyal you have been to me, and I thank you for that, but you don't need to come with me. I'll make my way back. Go home to your mom. Now, this is a heart-wrenching moment for these three women. We read in the story that it says, they broke down and wept. I see it kind of like an ugly cry kind of moment, you know, when you just can't catch your breath 
because these women, all they had at this point were one another. One of the daughters-in-law, after much discussion, she actually does end up returning to Moab with her family. But the other one, whose name is Ruth, she has a surprising response, a different response. And this is when we see the, the character, the loving kindness and faithfulness begin to emerge among these characters. Here's what Ruth says to Naomi on the road. Do not ask me to leave you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. At one point, she says to her, let nothing but death separate us. And so you can see already that Ruth is being so faithful. And that leads us to uh, our main, one of our main points for today, which is we can see God's faithfulness through others. I saw this happen uh, when my husband was in the hospital after he had his surgery. He woke up, he was coming out of the anesthesia, and he started to feel like kind of nauseous, and he was sweating, and it looked like he was going to pass out, and a nurse came over, and she was pretty assertive, but she said to him, I'm going to need you to breathe. And so she told him, she guided him through through some breaths, inhale, exhale, and she had on a cloth like a little bit of um, like peppermint essential oil, and she just held that under his nose, and she's like, okay, keep breathing. And after a few moments, he started to feel better. Like for us, it was a scary situation. For her, it probably wasn't a big deal, probably happens all the time, but I was like, wow, God has gifted this woman with an ability to bring a sense of calm and peace to kind of a scary situation. I wanted to take her home with me. Like, don't we all need that? Somebody kind of guide us along the day and keep us calm? It's true. And when I think about the reality, when I think about the faithfulness and the actions of Ruth, and I think about the actions of this recovery room nurse, I see God's faithful love and it is shining like a bright light into an otherwise dark circumstance. Can you think of those moments in your life when God has shown you his faithfulness through another person? In fact, here's an action step for you this week. Keep track of how God, of how people in your life show you faithfulness and praise God. Maybe you are in a rough time. Maybe you're experiencing anxiety or depression or you've had a recent diagnosis and you just don't know what you're gonna do. Maybe it's something like your kid is headed off to college for the first time and you're feeling, you're feeling the, the weight and the heaviness of that. Look around you because God is going to show you elements of his faithfulness every single day. And it might not be like a big, huge deal. I mean, maybe you show up to your favorite coffee shop and the the person behind the counter remembers your name and they remember what your favorite drink is. Like, isn't that sweet? Like to feel known by somebody. That is a reflection of God's goodness. Maybe you're in a bad patch in your life and a friend just lovingly listens to you. Isn't that great? That is the faithfulness of God. And if you're in a season of your life and you're like, you know what, I'm doing great. I'm experiencing joy. It's summer in Southern California. The sun is shining. I want you to look for God's faithfulness anyway. 
Because it's in this time when we begin to notice the little things that God does in our life that God becomes more real to us. God becomes even greater and bigger in our lives. So let's continue the story because it doesn't end here on the road. So Naomi and Ruth, they make their way back to Bethlehem. Um, The townspeople, they're really happy to see Naomi. But the fact of the matter is, she's still a widow. And Ruth is a foreigner. Now during this time, if you were a foreigner or if you were a widow and you didn't have a husband or a son to take care of you. Like, life was bleak. Life was hard. So much different than what we experience today. And when we survey, though, the Bible, and we look at God's character, we see this this passion of God having justice for anyone that's in a vulnerable type of position like this. In fact, God, in his faithfulness, he handed down a law for people that were widows and poor. And it said that when you have no food, you can go to a field of a landowner and you can glean leftover grain off the ground. And so what happens, apparently Ruth knew about this. It is the beginning of harvest season when they arrive back in Bethlehem. And so one day she says to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. That kind enough, that's that faithfulness. Anyone who has that has said, and they'll let me pick up the stalks of grain. And so she goes out into the field, and this is is amazing, because she didn't know this, but it just so happened that she came upon a field that was owned by a wealthy man in the community. His name was Boaz. And so Boaz is the third main character that we meet in the story. Boaz apparently had heard of Ruth and her faithfulness towards Naomi. And so when he meets her in the field, he says this to her. Listen, my daughter, just stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my fields. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. As this first day of harvesting goes on, we learn that Boaz provides Ruth and all of the other workers in his field with fresh water and lunch, which consists of bread and wine and roasted grain. And this is when we begin to see the character of Boaz. We begin to see that he, like Ruth, is found to be faithful. In fact, it's interesting, at one point in the story, uh, Boaz says to the other workers, hey, just, just drop a bunch of grain on the ground for her so she doesn't have to work so hard to find it. Like He tells them, leave extra stocks for her. And at the end of the day, Ruth, she goes home to Naomi and she's like, oh, I had such a great day in this field. Look at all this grain I got. And let me share my leftover lunch with you. I met this man named Boaz and he was so kind to me, he honored me. And, Ruth, and Naomi was like, wait, you're not gonna believe this. There's no way you could have known this. But Boaz, this man, is one of our closest relatives. He's a family redeemer of ours. Now, when we 
talked, I just spoke a minute ago about how if you were a widow or a foreigner, it was really difficult. You, you didn't have a lot of opportunity to make money. So this term, family redeemer, is given to someone who is a close relative of somebody in the family that has a need or who is a widow. And what we learn is that Boaz happens to be a cousin of Naomi's deceased husband, Elimelech. And Boaz has kind of a, like an obligation to care for and make sure that Naomi and Ruth are, are cared for and that they have the provision that we need. And that leads us to our second point today. We can trust in the faithfulness of God because we can show God's faithfulness to those in need. There are times in this world when we look out and we survey all the things that are happening and we're like, where is God? Like, why isn't he doing something to fix this? But just like God used Boaz in the lives of Ruth and Naomi, God wants to use us to do his good work in the world. He needs us to do his work, just like he needed Boaz to be that family redeemer. And I know it's, it's overwhelming out there. You're like, I'm one person, what could I possibly do? I'm sure in the community where Boaz lived, there were other people that had needs and he probably helped them, we don't know. But he put his central focus on helping Ruth and Naomi. And that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't ask us to solve every problem in the world all at once, but God does ask us to be committed to faithfulness to those in need. And that's our second action step today. Share your commitment to faithfulness with one person this week. Please don't underestimate the power that your faithful love can have in another person's life. There is somebody that you know in your life that needs you to be a reflection of God's goodness for them this week. Maybe somebody's name just popped in your head or or a face of somebody. Write it down, take note. Because I believe that is the Holy Spirit saying to you, this person needs to see me through you. That person needs to feel the goodness of God. And what could this look like for you? I mean, maybe this is a friend of yours and you offer to take them out to coffee or you go for a walk and you just listen. You ask questions about their life. You hear what's going on in their life without any expectation that your own agenda might be met. Maybe you know somebody that has a a tremendous need in their life and you could help that person. You could fill that need. You could buy them groceries or whatever it might be. You can do that as a reflection of God's love. That is what God asks us to do. Keep your eyes open for opportunities because God will bring them to you. You know, ultimately in this story, we learn that Boaz and Ruth, they get married and they have a son and they name the son Obed. Now I'm positive that Ruth and Naomi, they still grieved the losses that they had in their life, but God provided a way for them to find like a new sense of joy and a new sense of wholeness. But the story doesn't end here. This isn't just a, um, they lived happily ever after kind of story. 
There's one more aspect that I want to share with you before we close uh, this morning that really is the key aha moment of this story. When we fast forward 2,000 years into the future, into the life of Jesus, one of Jesus' followers, Matthew, recorded the genealogy of Jesus in his book of Matthew. You can go read it on your own. I'm going to share some of that with you this morning. It starts out like this. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. And then we, we read all this. Like, this is hard to get through. There's a lot of names, many, many generations here in this list. And we get through all that, and it ends. It says, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Now, this is where it gets really cool. When we go back and we look at the genealogy, up here, nestled in all of these names, it says, Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. This is, this is kind of one of those mind-blowing moments. Here's what this means. This story of Ruth's faithfulness and being part of, of God's work in the world, it wasn't just a one-off nice lesson, nice life lesson of how we should treat others, although that is very good. But this story, it teaches us that Ruth's faithfulness, it was like a root. It's a foundation that led her directly to be an ancestor of Jesus. The tragedies that Naomi endured, the, the loving kindness and faithfulness of Naomi and of Boaz, these things brought us to the life of Jesus. And you know what? Jesus is our redeemer. Boaz was the redeemer of Naomi and Ruth in a, in a small way compared to the, the redemption that Jesus offers for us. Please pause and take that in for a moment. That God, in all of his faithfulness, he sent his son to, the, to this earth to be a, a, a redeemer for us. One of Jesus' friends, uh, he recorded in the book of John these words about Jesus. He said, for, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, Jesus, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Like These are common words. We all know them. But if you can look at them with a fresh set of eyes this morning and realize that there's a grand story that God is doing in this world... If you are already a follower of Jesus and you believe in these words, like just take a moment to examine like this Moabite woman, Ruth. Her story threaded through history in such a way that Jesus came into this world. And if you aren't a follower of Jesus yet, that's okay. Like we would love to talk to you about that if you're just trying to explore faith and spiritual things. Let us know. We can answer your questions. We'll have some prayer team volunteers at the front of both campuses this morning by the cross, and they'd love to talk to you more about that. Keep coming back to church. That's where you're gonna learn about Jesus. Please realize that the actions in your lifetime, they go beyond this moment. They go beyond what you can even imagine or fathom. 
Walk in this world knowing the way you treat people, the way that you show goodness and kindness and love towards people, the way you listen to them. This is what... uh, This is what is gonna help people understand the goodness and the faithfulness of God. It is a big deal. And our our hope and our prayer is that through this message this morning, that everybody listening would understand and believe in our main idea, which is we can trust in the faithfulness of God. And we can do that because we can see God's faithfulness through other people and we can show God's faithfulness to those in need. We're gonna close here in a few minutes. Um, I just wanna wrap this up by saying, you know, as David and I think through this process of his recovery, we have strong faith that God is there, he's guiding us. And the great news is that same guidance that God is giving to us, he is giving to each of you. God is good. Would you go out this week and try to just see God's goodness in fresh new ways? As I close, I'm gonna invite the band back up here at Manhattan Beach and also at our Torrance campus. And the band is gonna sing a song this morning called The Goodness of God. And there is a lyric in this song where where the, the writer says, all my life you have been faithful. And so as you listen to these words or as you sing these words, let them be like a prayer between you and God. And imagine those times in your life when God has been faithful to you. And even consider the ways in which God wants you to be faithful to others in this season in your life. So let me, let me pray for us. Let's, let's go ahead and stand. We're gonna close. So go ahead and stand and the band's gonna sing this song. Sing along with them or, or spend some time in prayer. Let me pray for us. Dear Jesus, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful that you have given us an opportunity to understand more about who you are and your character in this world. God, would you help each one of us find those glimmers of hope and light in the world this week as we travel along and those glimmers of are your faithfulness toward us. God, please impress upon each one of us that there is a person in our lives that you need us to be there for. Would you bring that person to each of our minds this morning? God, you are faithful. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that he is our ultimate redeemer. We are so, so grateful. Jesus, we love you. And it's in your name we pray, amen.